Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio. Tonight we are taking another trip beyond Gotham City to visit someone I've looked forward to for some time. So let's hit the round table real quick. We've got Bat Force Tom in California. It's actually Dan DeDio tonight, but how you doing, Rob? Oh, th- thanks for coming by, Dan. Always appreciate your time. We've got Grandpa Batman in Texas. Salute. The Bat Force Times in New York. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. Okay, tonight's guest is one of the most popular, prolific, and successful creators of the last several years. Known for indie books like God Country, Redneck, and Baby Teeth, as well as Marvel titles like Venom, Thanos, Absolute Carnage, and Silver Surfer Black. So help us welcome to the show a man who has recently managed to destroy the DC Universe itself from within the pages of his new (laughs) Thor run, Mr. Donnie Cates. for having me i'm sorry i'm sorry that i ruined the entire premise of your show because now you guys can't talk about batman yeah he's fucking dead oh, yeah dude. yeah you 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 canceled james tynan's batman run you canceled no, bendis superman run you you canceled well but did did you also cancel black label stuff or is that out of reach well it's all gone dude it's all oh, gone damn it fuck it Okay. All right. I can't wait for your hate mail after this. Well, this is going to clear up our weekends. So, yeah, I guess, you know, that does one thing for us. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, if anyone hasn't read it, there are big things going on in the Thor book. Uh, But let's rewind past that a little bit. Uh, What? What was it that made you want to get into comics? Like what what was the part in creating in general? What was the thing that that? you saw and thought, oh, this, this is what I want to do. Oh, God, man. I mean, you know, it, uh, stories aren't that simple, you know? I mean, it's always, it's always a, it's always, um, it's always a million things, you know? So, you know, obviously, you know, it's never one thing. I mean, I think I was, I was, I was always into comics, you know? Um, I never really wanted to be a creator, though. Um, I was always a retailer. I ran a bunch of shops here in Austin, you know? Um, and... Um, I don't know. I guess I, all my shops kind of shut down and I really, I really, I, I genuinely, I could have been, um, a retailer forever. I love doing it. Um, and then when they all shut down, I just, I really wanted to stay in the industry somehow. Um, and yeah, I, I went, I went back to school. I went to SCAD, which is the Savannah College of Art and Design. And, uh, I was going to try and be a penciler. Um, but I found myself in classes with like Jeff Shaw and Trad Moore. Um, so, you know, uh, that was intimidating, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, and then I, um, you know, I had a writing, uh, professor. I had to, I had to, I had to take a writing class and, um, he, I don't know. He kind of took me aside and said that I could be good at that or that, or, or that maybe I had a knack for it. And so, um, so yeah, I just started trying and I kind of got the writing bug and, um, just kind of been going ever since then, you know, it's, it's, I know it's, it sounds, I'm making it sound, um, easier than it, than it was obviously, but it, it, I, I kind of fell, fell backwards into doing this. That's awesome. Let me uh, check my notes real quick here. It says, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yes, a very respected uh, publication says here, when did you start tracing other artists uh, <laughs> as as they've reported <laughs> and put as a headline? I don't even I know that's I know that. What is that? Some kind of a bleeding cool thing. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it, it sounds it sounds like something Chip Zdarsky said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a bleeding cool article where they put it as like the tagline. And you're like, what the fuck? And you read it, and it's like, oh, he was five, and he was like, oh he- yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up as a. Oh, I think, I, yeah. Fucking, 
I don't really understand what Bleeding Cool's agenda yeah. is or what their point is, but uh, clicks, man. clicks, clicks, baby. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's the new commodity these days. Clicks are king. I guess so. Yeah, but uh, there was I, a funny I think uh, I, I I might be making this up, but I think I remember that you interned at Marvel. That's right. Ooh. I did, yeah, yeah. in uh, in twenty ten, twenty eleven or so. Yeah, I was an editorial intern. I was in the um, I was in the Ultimate Office, which is also the um, like the the Hulk office and stuff like that. And so, I um, I mean, I was assigned to that office. But once kind of people kind of up there kind of figured out that I could string a sentence together, um, I was kind of I was kind of um, kind of uh, hired out to every other office. So like, if you read any Marvel comic book between. 2010 and 2011, I wrote the recap page for it. The previously oh, wow. on the X-Men thing, that was me. Damn. That's a lot of work. <laughs> There's a lot of work, yeah. And actually, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, the, the people who um, hate me online, um, <laughs> they, they, they like to, a very common accusation is that I only got my job at Marvel because I was an intern. Um and, you know, Marvel's not really in the habit of just hiring interns to write Thor, you know. So, <laughs> um, but no, I didn't get my job because I was there at all. In fact, uh, my internship was actually kind of a hindrance to me getting hired there because it took them a very long time for them to see me as anything other than that little intern kid. Oh, you know? yeah. um, but. I will say it was a tremendous benefit having worked there and been an intern there for a year um, because it really it just what it does teach you is the is the pace that these things need to get put out at. And the, and the, and the kind of the kind of um, intense, intense work that goes into putting these comics out, you know. Yeah, you recently made a um, I think it was a tweet that you were talking about how after being on this side of comics, and like you know, making it, being the butcher, and making the sausage, like you, you'll never get that joy of being a reader again, just because you've been on that side of it. And I was kind of like, damn, he's right. Like that must be kind of brutal. But there must be things that kind of like make it worth it for you. Like still, what are the things you think that like? Well, yeah. What what you're referring to is the letter that I wrote in the back of Thor number one, where that's what it some was. Of the, yeah, yeah. Some of the magic kind of goes away, you know. Yeah. My wife. My wife worked in Hollywood for 15 years, and so she's oh, it's, she's the she's the same kind of way with film. Some sometime, you know, we'll be watching a movie or something, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" And she's like, "Yeah, I mean, it's a crane shot, and like, I know <laughs> who did that. Like, who gives a shit, you know?" Um, and so, you know, it, it, it happens. It's absolutely a part of it. But it it, it it just it turns into a different kind of magic, you know. When I, you know, when we were children, I, I should speak for myself. I should say when I was a child, um, you know, these were magical artifacts that came down from nowhere. That right. you know, there weren't any human names attached to them. It was just, what is Spider Man gonna do this week? How is Batman gonna get out of this jam? You know, and then, and then now, you know, there's still a. a, a a great deal of magic to me because I, I read Batman and I go, Oh, this is that thing that Tom and I were talking about. Oh, I love how Tom pulled this thing off. Like, that's great. Like, you know, um, you know, obviously I, you know, I know everything that's happening at DC. I know everything that's happening at Marvel. Cause we're all friends, yeah. but you know, obviously create our own books, um, uh, provide a, a great deal of like being able to get lost and stuff. But you know, it's, it's, it's a, it can be a drag. Absolutely. You know, when you're reading a book and, um, you know, you can just kind of, you know, every move they're going to make before they make it, you, you know, exactly how the sausage is made. Um, but that being said, you know, um, it makes it even the magic uh, it gets better when you read something and you're like, wait, what the fuck are they doing in this? Holy shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where the hell you're going with this, you know, and that happens every now and then, you know, like even just, even just being, uh, you know, a professional writer, like by trade, you know, it happens to, you can pretty much, pretty much ask any writer in the world. They're, 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 they are nauseating to try and watch a movie with <laughs> because 
because I can watch 10 minutes of any TV show or a- any film and I can tell you how it how it's going to end every turn of it every fuck and then when we walk out of it I, if you liked a film I can make you not like that film within 10, 10 minutes because I'll I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just, I'll just just strip it down to parts you know be like well fuck I thought I liked that but, <laughs> but you know I think that's why there's certain shows that like you know, they get such a claim amongst uh, uh, creatives, amongst writers and stuff. Because, like, I remember when Breaking Bad was coming out and me and all my writer friends were all like, how the fuck is Walt going to get out of this? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, like, it was so, it was so, like, like, like well-written and very thought out that, like, it fooled us, too. You know, and That's so awesome. there's still, there's, but it does take, like, um, it sounds very, it, it takes a, takes a certain special of like newness you know to like get get that magic kind of back back up and going you know is that what you try to do with uh, some of the stuff that you write like you try to come up with something that'll make the reader say like what the fuck like how is this gonna end well yeah i mean um absolutely i mean that is it is at the at the end of the day that that, that is exactly what my job is you know my job is to keep you on the edge of your seat. My job is to, um, I mean, essentially what my job is, is I, you know, I am a, I am a generator of emotion, right? And so, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I've, I've said this before in interviews, um, but I'll say it here again. Um, you know, if you, you know, the the death of a piece of art is not is not is not anger, right? The death of a piece of art is boredom, you know. Um, and so, you know, if you read one of one of my books and you you love it, and it makes you laugh or fall in love or any of these things, that's wonderful, and I've done my job. If you throw it across the room and you say "fuck this book," I've also done my job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, the uh, the only way that I have not done my job is if you read my book and you go, meh, you know, mm. that's that's about it. And and Lord knows I've written some of those too. Um, mm. But um, but yeah, I do I do quite the delight in in zigging when everyone thinks I'm gonna zag. Um, I think it's because I am and always have been such a student of comics, you know, and and I've grown up reading them and. Uh, student of storytelling, all these things, and especially comic book storytelling, which is very y- unique. You know, um, that I tend to know. I tend to know. I I, I like to think I know that um, what people expect out of a comic book, where people think that um, comic books are going to walk down with certain paths and everything. And uh, one of my favorite things in the world is introducing a plot line and then going on Twitter and seeing everyone on Twitter being very confidently wrong about where they <laughs> think my, my book is going. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah like uh, your, your Venom run in particular, um, it's it's had some of that Breaking Bad-esque-ness to it, you because know, we'll have points where things are going so bad for Eddie and it's so dark that, you, oh, how's Eddie going to get out of this one? Right. Well, you know, it's something that Dan Slott once said, and uh, he said it to me personally, but he's also said it in interviews. Um, he said one of the wor- he was speaking particularly particularly about writing Spider-Man, where he said that um, writing Spider-Man is one of the worst jobs in the world because your job is that you have to make Peter Parker's life miserable. Like mm-hmm. your 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 main job is to punish your favorite character as hard as humanly possible. You know, um, and so that's that's what you got to do. You know, you got to this is how we this is how we love these characters. This is how we get to learn about these characters. At the end of the day, like you know, Eddie Brock's a little bit more malleable in that he's he's a very morally ambiguous guy. He's a guy who 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 absolutely tries his damnedest to be a good guy, but falters sometimes. Right. So there is a lot of room for growth with Eddie. But. You take someone like Peter Parker or someone like Steve or Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, you know, these stories are 80 years, 60 years, 50 years old. And what we're doing with these characters is is essentially we are watching the world bend around them. You know, Peter Parker doesn't change. 
He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, you're not trying to change Peter. You're trying to make Peter's unchangingness change the world around him. And you see that with James Bond. You see that with Indiana Jones. You see that with these kind of archetypical characters. And so what that means, unfortunately, is that you have to dump the entire world on top of them. And uh, and the triumph of these characters is not will they survive, but how they will survive. Um, and so it's a challenge, you know, to put someone up against a wall in a medium where you've seen them at, the, at, at their worst and against, at, against the world time and time and time and time again. Um, but it, uh, it sure is fun. And I delight in uh, being cruel. The, the part that's fun with Eddie <laughs> is because he's so self-loathing that when he's in one of those predicaments, he can kind of go, well... I'm a scumbag anyway, so I'll just do this not so good thing because it'll get the job done. Well, yeah, that's what I like about him. You know, I, I think that what's 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 very interesting about Eddie is that if you were to tally up, you know, um, uh, not just my run, but really any the run in the in the in the in the mid to you know late two thousands, if you were to look at all the deeds that Eddie Brock has actually done, he is cumulatively a good guy. He is he is thoroughly on the side of angels. But to him, you know, I don't think that he thinks he's a good enough guy to consider himself a good guy. And so oftentimes he will just say, fuck it and jump off into the <laughs> void because he thinks that the world is better without him, which I think is a, is a, is a you know, a, a kind of depressed, manic, suicidal superhero who is essentially a shadow made of teeth. Uh, is just my particular cup of tea. So you you were talking about how um, you don't necessarily have to, like with Peter Parker, rather, you don't have to change the character. You change what's around him or influence it. Um, what, the, I mean, you did kind of change part of Thor coming off of Jason Aaron and his fucking long-ass run and, you know, um, you stepping in. Number one issue already, just boom, was fucking awesome, what you did with uh, Galactus. So was yeah. that like something that you had brewing? Um, was it like uh, an idea that came to you rather quickly? Because that is that's kind of left field out of nowhere, and it's such a genius idea. Oh uh, well, thank you. I mean, I you know you know again though I disagree with you. I don't think that I've changed the fundamental of of who Thor is. You know, Thor mm. has always been. Um, uh, you know, there's this notion of. Thor was always an arrogant, you know, foolhardy prince. What would make you think that he would stop being that now that he has a crown, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, he's he's still learning how to be this thing that he's been learning how to be since since he since since he first came around, you know. Um, uh, you know, giving giving. I mean, essentially, what I've done is like if I if you were to make Peter Parker agent of Shield. It's still Peter. He's just in a new role, and 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 again, you change the world around a character, and and and, and see how hard you can push them while maintaining how true they are. Um, as as to the as to the idea of it, well, I um I was actually uh, way back in 2017. I had put out a book called God Country, and that was in January of 2017. And um, our then editor in chief, Axel Alonso read that book and um even was that three three four years ago they were already they were already jason was already try, starting to plant seeds for wrapping down his thor run um and so when axel read it they hired me to do thanos and then they hired me to do doctor strange and i think i had written one issue of thanos and one issue of doctor strange and I mean, I mean, they hadn't even been drawn yet. They hadn't even come out yet when Axel uh, gave me my first exclusive contract. And he, he gave me my exclusive contract with the express reasoning of he wanted me to still be at Marvel when Jason was done because I, they were going to give me Thor. Um, and, and so I've known since about 2017 that I was on deck for, for, for Thor, which is wonderful because Jason and I are friends. And so Jason and I have been able to, you know, I've known how his run 
ended for a very long time. And it's given me a lot of time to kind of outline and plan out this huge, crazy story that we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg for. Um, the, the Devourer King, which is the name of this first arc, is essentially an extended... Um, while, while it is very much its own arc and its own structure and its own bad guy with its own consequences and challenges and everything, it is very much an arc that you'll be going back to as I, as I write Thor for the next, you know, years and years and years, you'll be coming back to this arc to see the seeds that I've been planting. So I'm able to be, I mean, little things like the hammer is already getting heavier, little things like other things that people haven't even picked up on yet that I'll be getting back to. Um, so yeah, the Herald of Galactus thing, um, is a, I mean, I know it sounds odd because it's a huge story. It's a small piece of a very larger puzzle. Where do you come up with this shit, man? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I, I, I follow a lot of writers on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I like to interact with guys like you because I'm fascinated with how you continually, you know, come up with fresh ideas. Not with just one book, but with several books. You know, is that word prolific? prolific? Yeah, prolific. I, really, <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, I like I said, I've been reading these books since I was a little kid, and I like to. Um, I like to unwind at the end of the night by reading Marvel handbooks. Um, And like the idea for (laughs) like, for instance, the idea for for this Galactus arc, uh, it didn't start out as a Thor story. It didn't really start off as a story for any particular character, really. But I was I was reading about Galactus's origin and I was reading about how. You know, any 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 handbook, including the Wikipedia's or anything online, they go back to the origin of Galactus, which actually took place in in an issue of Thor. Um, um, and they talk about how his world was destroyed by an unknown force, and then he was the only survivor. And it hit me. I was like, wait, by an unknown force? And I was like, have we never have we never done that? Have we never yeah. explained what what that thing was? And so I woke up the next day and I called Tom, Tom Brevoort, who's our senior editor, and, 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 and also the guy who knows more about comics than any other human being on Earth. And I asked him, I said, hey, is it, is it entirely possible that in the 80 years this company has been around, we've never touched on that? And he was like, no. And I was like, can I do it? And he was like, yeah, fig- figure it out. Let's do it. Sweet. And so, so here we are. That's 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 where that comes from. It's just yeah, you know, it's, it's just, a very it's cool just, thing to find uh, such an old thread that a thread that goes back so far that you get to be the first person to pull on. Well, that well, that's kind of the fun, right? Is that like you know, you know, speaking about Venom, like you know, I took over Venom when Venom turned thirty years old. The, the month that my first issue, the mine and Ryan Stegman, I should say, his first issue came came out. You know, Venom was thirty years old, but. Um, the gift that is that book is that um, even though the character is 30 years old, there was so much lore that that was kind of that has been left undiscovered. And so being able to go in there and say, well, well, where do the symbiotes come from? Like, where do I mean, do they have their own belief structure? Do they have a God? Do they have, you know, what are the questions that are unanswered? And um, and then being able to go in there and, and just flesh things out. I mean, it really is just. I think that I think the greatest gift that I could I could I could give to anybody who 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 wanted to be at Marvel or DC is 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 just to be curious. Curiosity will, will always you know kind of take you down routes to find great stories. I think that for a while in modern comics and DC and Marvel um, comics we had a lot of writers and creators who were just telling stories about stories. Meaning they wanted to come and they wanted to, to, to just do their version of, you know, whatever, pick something, Age of Apocalypse. They were just retelling stories that they loved as a kid. And that I don't I don't I don't have much of an interest in that. I I I like to be an additive writer. I like to I want people to when I leave a book to have to go and update their Wikipedia. You know, I, I, I want I want to I want to leave a little piece behind. I want to add add to the canon rather than just kind of you know run in place 
Mm-hmm. And that makes it really exciting too. Uh, you never know when you're going to jump into one of your issues and at the beginning of the issue, you think you know one thing about the character's history or where that character comes from. And by the end of that issue, you know something completely different. Well, that's what's entertaining to me as a reader too. And I, I try and I try and write books that I would want to read. And, you know, I think, I think a lot about J. Michael Straczynski's run on Amazing Spider-Man, which, um, you know, every arc of that, JMS is introducing some new concept and you know uh, some of it didn't work but a lot of it worked just just phenomenally but every single arc he was swinging for the fences I mean the first arc of of JMS's run introduces the idea of Morlin who is this elder god you know totem totem killing guy and he's this new character and we don't know anything about him and and, and so if you read it if you read a story about spider-man and the villain is you know doc ock for say well we've all read stories about doc ock we all kind of know the general shape of how that's going to turn out he's going to beat him he's going to go to jail or or whatever and certainly there's been wonderful stories told about that but 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 on the on on the inverse of that when you introduce a character like morlin you introduce a new character a new bad guy all of a sudden the reader is as clueless as spider-man is and all of a sudden the reader is is saying wait who the fuck is this guy is is this guy just gonna beat spider-man to death in the street <laughs> like who the fuck is this guy and and that's what he does by the way Morton just beats spider-man to death in the street and it's it comes out of nowhere and it's so scary and so i think being an additive writer gives you that same kind of feeling so we were talking about earlier with that magic you know when you because you know there there was all a period in our lives where reading a story about um about about spider-man fighting doc ock was the first time you ever saw that guy and he was a mystery and so much of comic books works because of the element of surprise you know we're a monthly format and so we have to leave you off on these big cliffhangers and and there's a there's a big there's a big it's, it's one of the greatest tools in our arsenal is wait and see until next month you know um and so when you introduce new ideas and new things i feel like it 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 it, it heightens that sense of magic have you ever got any pushback from marvel or any of your editors about creating new characters no no, 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 no. I, I, no, I mean, I think if it's done, I, I mean, I, you know, I've been very lucky. I, I, I really, I don't get a lot of, um, I, I think that there really is a, 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 a great um, uh, misconception about how Marvel is run. I can't speak for DC. I've never worked for DC. Um, but at Marvel, there's no, there is no editorial interference in so much as like editorial telling you, to write this or whatever that I remember when I wrote death of the inhumans and everyone online was just like, Oh, well, I guess since Fox has the X-Men or that D or that Marvel has the X-Men back, we're going to get rid of the inhumans. I was like, no, I just had a cool story. I wanted to pitch and they let me do it. <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with that at all. Like Disney never comes down off the mountain. No one ever bothers us. An editor has never told me what to write. I mean, I get in trouble some sometimes because I, I want to put, you know, I want to have characters say, God damn it, or like, fuck you. But like, you know, we can't do those things. Um, But like, you know, um, but no, no, no. Creating a new character has never been a been a been a problem. I think Marvel, um, you know, Marvel is the house of ideas. Marvel is an IP generator or a factory, you know, I mean the company exists because a bunch of fucking lunatics got together and created a bunch of wild new, new characters. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, lest we forget there's an entire fucking billion dollar franchise based on a dude who came out when home improvement was on, on, on the air, you know, I mean, the, the, the infinity gauntlet came out in like 97, like, you know, Marvel is, uh, Marvel is very happy to have new things to play with. I'm so glad you mentioned home improvement. I was having a conversation (laughs) with some guys at work about that show and that's one of my favorite all-time TV series. Well, it's just good, wholesome fun, sir. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> was he on Coke then, or was that after? He was never on Coke. He got caught selling. I, I don't know. 
You know what's <laughs> weird? I know I know this because I read his biography yeah, for some jumped, fucking you reason. Jumped, right? You jumped right I into did, that. Like, I did. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he was on coke at some point, but he he got he he got caught selling some coke when he was like in college or some shit. Uh, like he was. <laughs> let's all fucking relax. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, who hasn't done that before, right? I mean, I'm not going to cast the first stone. <laughs> uh, back to the uh, the talking about you know having lack of editorial pushback when it comes to something like destroying the DC universe in a Thor comic. Uh, mm. What kind of conversation is there uh, as far as, okay, how much can we get away with showing? Like, we can have this guy that's a black, or a, a blue and red blur flying through the sky and a bit of the Daily Planet. But, you know, how much can we I mean, not it's all, show? It's all, I mean, it's all, first of all, it's all in good fun. Um, yeah. And... And, and, you know, I know how much I can get away with, you know, Nick Klein knows how much he can get away with. And, you know, I got in so much fucking trouble on, on Twitter when those preview pages came out, but you know, it's not like DC has never taken their fair shots. In fact, you know, there's a, uh, one of my favorite gags that, that, uh, that Bendis ever did when he was still at Marvel, he, he, he had this issue of, Oh God, off the top of my head, I forget what it is, but some character is universe hopping. And in one panel, they, they, they stop in a world and you can see the daily planets thing out there. And there's like a red streak in the air and the character comments that, that this world smells terrible. And they like <laughs> and they like jump out of it and stuff. So like, I mean, the thing is, is like people were like, "Oh, you're being so disrespectful." It was just like, you know what? Go back and read any Stan Lee letters column, like any old DC Marvel. Like we used to pick fun at each other all the time, yeah. and it's it's fun, it's healthy. But you know what's funny? Um, I turned that script in. I never talked to my editor. I never told him that I was gonna do it. I turned the script in. Uh, no one ever said anything about it at all. And mm. Nick turned pages in and then it came out. Uh, still haven't heard anything from Marvel. <laughs> I was, I was, I was doing a, um, when that, when that, when that, um, when that, uh, when the preview pages came out, I was actually doing a signing in Orange County in Vegas with Jim Lee. So I was seated next to Jim Lee and I was like kind of laughing at Twitter and he was like, Hey, what's going on? And I was like, Oh dude, Twitter's mad at me. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, <laughs> I killed your, I was like, I killed your entire company. And he was like, you did, he was like, you did what? And I, I handed him my phone and he read the pages and he goes, oh. and, and he was like, he was like, Oh, that's great. That's hilarious. And I was like, and I was like, right? So like, see, it's funny. Like, you know, people are like, you're being so disrespectful. I'm like, Scott Snyder's one of my best friends. Shut up. And for every instance that there's something that could be considered taking a shot, there's something that is not as well. Like, uh, a couple months ago, there was a Thor issue that was showing the history of people who have wielded Mjolnir. Right, and there and was Superman. Little, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Showed Superman holding it. Showed Wonder Woman holding it. And yeah, that's yeah. a reference, and it wasn't a shot. You know, like, and well, you don't have to get upset about it. Well, one of my favorite jokes, just of all time, in Marvel is um, in Runaways, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Um, the kids they go to New York for the first time ever, and Molly, who's the little girl, she goes down this alleyway. And uh, Spider-Man drops down in front of her. He's like hanging off of a web upside down. And Molly looks up at him and, he, and she goes, oh, my God, you're you're. And Spider-Man goes, that's right. I'm Batman. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking great. Uh, and then like and then like there's a scene in Mark Wade and Chris Somney's Daredevil. Yes. Uh, Dare, Daredevil swings by. This guy goes, I love you, Red Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I just fucking love that kind of shit. I don't know. I just, I think, I think, I just remember being a kid and seeing little nods to each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's that phenomenal little scene in Spawn 
in one of the, it's either the first or the second trade, maybe the second trade, where there's this prison and there's like all these hands hanging out of the prison. And they're so clearly like the Hulk in Superman mm-hmm. and Batman and stuff like that. And I always just used to love that kind of stuff. So yeah. I knew that, I knew that Thor number two, we needed to demonstrate the power of this bad guy, of this force that we're facing. And I was like, well, what, what better way? You know, what better <laughs> way? Awesome. And also, and also, people gloss over the fact that I do a clear homage to Tom King's uh, Mister Miracle in there. I say that, I say that that the, I say that the avatar of their death is a is a a, a stoned faced Omega, the one who is, which yeah. is uh, yeah. so clearly yeah. me Very talking cool. about Dark Side is, and so like. You know, I remember when I got the art in for it, I texted it to Tom and Tom was like, oh, my God, that's fucking great. Yeah. You know, so like it's, <laughs> we're we're all we're all we're all we're all friends. We're all fans of each other. But, yeah. you know, sometimes they got to die. <laughs> How dare you, Mr. Fake? <laughs> I know. Now, you had uh, you mentioned God Country earlier, and uh, I believe you had uh, sold movie rights or something signed. uh signed some agreement for an adaptation of some sort and that led to you having a fun visit at the dc office <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah so i i i well we're we're making that movie god country is being adapted uh by legendary pictures <laughs> um and um uh i wrote the screenplay for it um wow. which was been was a, a extremely fun uh process um, which I enjoyed very much and would like to continue to, to, to study more of if possible. I was in there and I was signing the agreement for it. I was signing the contract and they, and they said, well, Hey, have you been downstairs yet? And I was like, well, what's, what's downstairs? And they're like DC comics. And I was like, what? And I was like, I had no idea they were in the same building, let, let alone the floor down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Jamie Rich, uh, editor over there, uh, yeah. who's been a buddy of mine for a while. I texted Jamie and I was like, Hey man, for, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm in your building. Uh, can I, can I, can I come down? Can I, can I see the office? And he was like, yeah, man, sure. And so <laughs> I went down there and, uh, for those of you out in the world who have never seen the DC offices, they look like what Bart Simpson thought mad magazine looked like. Yeah. Um, they are fucking insane. Um, I've been there. I've been there. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's so cool. I mean, they have like, you know, uh, it, Fortress of Solitude parts and parts that look like Gotham and, you know, um, mm. meanwhile, the Marvel offices look like, you know, the, 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 the office from the office. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, but I would argue that Marvel passes those savings along to me. So <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, so anyway, yeah, I was down there and they, and this was, oh, probably a year and a half ago, two years. And I was in the process of renegotiating my first exclusive with Marvel. Um, and so I was, um, I think it was, I think it was kind of in the wind that I was somewhat between exclusives. And so, yeah, so Jamie kind of shows me around the office and introducing everybody, he shows me all the cool stuff. And then right at the end, he says, hey, give a second. Can you pop into this room really quick? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah man, for sure. And I go in there, and they <laughs> assembled in this room is uh, Dan Dio, Bob Harris, um, uh, Jim Lee, and uh, <laughs> Brian Cunningham. I, I, I want to say I could be wrong about that. And I walk in there and I kind of shake everybody's hands and then they close the door behind me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh have a seat, Donnie. Why don't you come over here? Have a seat at the table. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's this is this is that. Okay. <laughs> um, and and before I, I you know, I, I always hesitate when I tell this story because it you know, wasn't meaning behind closed doors. But I. I I adore Dan and Bob and Jim. I mean, Jim and I, we were talking on the phone today. I mean, I, I love all these guys and I've told them that I tell this story. So I don't want to think, I don't want anyone to think that I'm speaking out of school. Um, but we, we talked for a while and they, they made me um, a really cool offer. Um, they wanted me to write um, Constantine and uh, oh. Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. 
Um, I would be writing Green Lantern Core next to Grant's uh, Green Lantern. The um, Green Lantern. So like, yeah, 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 right. Um, but that was all. Um, I was going to be writing those books until uh, Batman became free because they were very interested in having me uh, follow Tom. Goddamn. Um, so it was wonderful. And um, the, the, the best part of the meeting was uh, the deal goes, I, I, I hear a rumor that you have like a five year Batman story in your back pocket. And I was like, yeah, actually, I do. It's something I've been working on for a really long time. And he kind of gestures to the room and he goes, well, we're all here. (laughs) Well, why don't you lay it down for us there, daddy? And I said, uh, I said, well, not for free, Dan. Uh, And and Jim Lee looks over and he goes, I love this kid. (laughs) And it was like one of my favorite moments. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I love, I love the guys over there. Uh, you know, Dan and I have been out to coffee and dinner and stuff at various shows and stuff. And, um, it wasn't anything personal that I didn't end up signing. I just, I, I wasn't done at Marvel. I'm still not done. You know, I'm my contract right now with Marvel goes through 2023 and I have plans, um, that extend all the way until then. So, um, you know, the thing is, is just that, you know, I'm I'm not going anywhere, hopefully, and Batman's not going anywhere. Yeah, um, right, right. And so, you know, um, it's absolutely on my on my to do list is to someday. I mean, my name is DC. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I actually the first tattoo that I got illegally when I was like 17, <laughs> I have the old DC bullet tattooed on my shoulder. Nice. So like I, I, <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I definitely want to do it some someday. But but for right now, uh, Excelsior. Yeah, it, it's it's a good problem for fans to have, because I would argue that. Uh, by not taking that spot at DC, you stepped into probably the best uh, the best times over at Marvel so far with all the stuff that you've been putting out right now. And then, like you said, you know, there's always a chance you might come over and give some awesome stories over to DC. But you're killing it right now, man. I, I don't. How the fuck do you have time to do like everything you're doing? I don't understand that. Like, because your name is literally on so many books. How do you like balance your time and finish everything? Oh, I'm just late on everything all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I just no. I actually, I, I uh, that that is that is uh, is more true than I want it to be, but not as true as I'm making it out to be. I, I actually quite pride myself on being on time. I, um, you know, I've I've only been working professionally. Actually, uh, this year will be my ten my tenth year. Um, a lot of, a lot of people think that I started like three years ago because that's, <laughs> that's just when, that's just when all of you people started reading my work. Well, you know, that's just like musicians, all these people that people think that they're yeah. overnight successes. They didn't see the 10 years that they no, were grinding before, you know? You know, there is no such thing as an overnight success. Everyone's a 10-year overnight success, you know. Um, except for Tom King. He actually just came out of nowhere. He's a cheater. <laughs> um, uh, but um, how do I balance it all? I, I have a deep, um, a deep respect for um, discipline and, uh, and for hard work. And I have, a, I have a deep respect for artists and the kind of work that they do. And I'm... Um, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the idea that if I don't turn in a script that there's about six, six to seven people down the assembly line that can't pay their rent if I don't turn that script in. And so there is absolutely no time. Um, I don't I don't I don't budget any room in my brain for writer's block or artistic bullshit. Um, something has to get done. Because even though it is a fun job and is an artistic job, it is a fucking job, and a lot of people depend on me, um, and I take that very seriously. I mean, I you know, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I was a cook for ten years. I've done construction. I've done every shitty job you can imagine. At the, at the end, at the end of the day, 
I wake up whenever the fuck I want. I stay up as late as I want to. And in the meantime, the least that's asked of me is that is to sit around in my fucking sweatpants and write <laughs> Spider-Man comics. Like it's not the shit is the shit is not that critical. You know, I, 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 I take I take my job incredibly seriously. And I also respect fans. I respect all of you guys so much because I am asking you to spend as much as you do every month on a Netflix sub subscription for 20 pages of art. And I, from, from being a retailer, um, the thing that I learned the most from that was this idea that, um, every script that I put out, um, gets three checks before it, it, it gets sent to an artist. The first one is for story and make sure I hit all my story points. Let's make sure that I'm on, I'm on track. The second one is for grammar and spelling. And really, I don't even really do that one that much because that's why we have editors. But the third one is, is there, is there enough comic book in this comic book? Is this worth $4? You know? Um, and if it's not, I re I re I re I rewrite it. You know, and I don't know that I could really pin down what a, um, you know, what the what you would call like what, what the Donny Cates brand is. But I like to think that if there is one, um, you get your money's worth when you read a book with my name on it. Um, and so balancing all these books and everything, um, I'm just trying to put good books out, man. I'm just trying to trying to help retailers by giving them good product. You know, I mean, when you're when you're a drug, okay, look, how do you become a great drug kingpin? Right. Well, you don't go out on the corner and sell dime bags. Right. What you do is you, you don't it, get it, high it, on your own supply. That's what <laughs> that's that's right. What you do to, to become a good drug kingpin is you hire really good guys. And then, then you give them quality product to go out there and then to sell to their customers. I am in the business of providing quality content so that I can not only, um, you know, uh, make sure that all my coworkers, all my collaborators and stuff can pay their rent and also increase their status, but also make sure that retailers and stuff can keep their lights on and, and flourish and, and thrive because I literally can't do my job without either of those things. So I just, to, to answer your question, I just fucking get up and I do the work, you know, because I, I know that, I know that every day that I want to sleep in and not, and not write an issue, I know that there's thousands of retailers that are getting up early and going and turning on those lights. And I know that there's hundreds of thousands of comic book fans that are waking up and going to, to, to their actual real jobs, earning money that they would very much like to spend on something that I write. So it's just that I just, I just get up and do the work, man. Do you have well, like I, a minimum I, I, page <clears throat> per day type of quota? Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to write at least 10 pages a day. Um, mm -hmm. So I like to do, I like to do 10 pages a day for two days in a row and then uh, take a day to outline uh, because I do write so many monthly books that, um, you know, the worst thing that could happen to me is, you know, I wake up and I'm writing an issue of Venom or Thor and I just don't know what happens in, in that in that issue, you know, which is um, a nightmare. I, I, you know, it, it never happens because I tend to plan years and years and years and years out. So. So, yeah, two wow. days, two, two days, 10 pages a day and then one day outlining. Uh, you mentioned uh, giving people their money worth uh, on on books that you're putting out. Uh, I work in a retail shop, and I do not hear anyone saying that they are unhappy uh, or dissatisfied with the product that you're giving them. Well, that's good to hear, man. You know, that that is that is the goal. You know, I mean, we have a lot to compete with out there, and I think that I think that comic books can provide things that other mediums can't. Um, and you know, I think it's I I, I think that is kind of ten, uh, why I tend to write the way that I write. I try and write everything as if it's an epic, like as if it's, um, um, you know, I mean, even like, you know, some random issue of Venom or Silver Surfer, I'm going to write it as if it's Civil War, you know, or if it's, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet, because because why not? You know, I mean, we, 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 we can do that, you know, Um so you know, I, I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed to uh, to to work with my friends and 
you know, I have a lot of help. I have a lot of help. Most, most, if not every single person that I work with, I consider a dear friend. And so every day I'm on the phone with Ryan Stegman or I'm on the phone with Nick Klein or, you know, I, I, I live with, you know, um, uh, one of my favorite artists, my, my, my wife, Megan, um, we're doing a book together at image right now. So, you know, I'm sitting on the couch with her while she's drawing and, um, you know, we're going back and forth and she's helping me with scripts and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just very fortunate that I'm surrounded by people who are, who are all, all into it, all into the cause, you know? Yeah, we, we just talked about uh, balancing uh, all of that workload of everything that you're putting out. And now, uh, just in the last couple of days, God Hates Masks was uh, announced uh, coming up on Image. Uh, can you talk about that at all? Well, I can tell you right away, it's not called God Hates Masks. That was Bleeding Cool's headline. Uh, the name that's, of that's that the project. hashtag that keeps going around, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's not the, yeah. <laughs> that's not the, that's, that's not the name of the book. Um, that is a screenshot that's a it's a, a slogan that's on a billboard um and 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 you'll understand why later but no that's um that is an image book that i'm doing with uh jeff shaw who i did god country with and thanos and guardians of the galaxy and a, a couple other books um i cannot tell you what the name of that book is yet um i'll start to um about to put out more art uh the next few months or so we'll announce it here soon um, I will say that one of the things that I pride myself on is that I am, I am 100% full of shit, uh, but, 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 but I, but I, but I, but I tend to tell the truth when it comes to retailers and fans, you know, when I, when I get on Twitter and I say, Hey guys, this is going to be really fucking big and really important, increase your orders or whatever. I have not, I have never one time been bullshitting. You know, I if I if I promise you that this is a big thing, it's going to be a big thing. And I'll say it here now. This book that I'm doing with Jeff Shaw um, that I guess you you guys are all calling God Hates Mask, um, which is not what it's called, um, is by far the biggest thing that I've ever done in comics. And something that people are really, really, really going to want to order a lot of. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I will make a lot of money when you do so, although that, that is an added benefit. Um, uh, it's, it is unlike anything that you guys have ever seen and unlike anything that image has ever produced. Uh, wow. so I would definitely keep my eyes peeled for that. So, uh, if anybody wants to, uh, get ahead of the game and put this on your file, just ask your shop to put on your file, Donnie Kate's book that is not called God hates masks. <laughs> you will. I promise you this. <laughs> I promise you this, when it, when it is announced, it will be hard to not know about it. Now, is uh, this related to your recent tweet that uh, you had tweeted about receiving the craziest news of your comic writing career? No, that's a whole different thing. Man, you're that busy. Is, uh, I am a busy boy, and uh, <laughs> I, am, it, it, I wish you could see me right now because I'm beaming ear to ear because uh, uh, that, that little piece of news... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you now is a Marvel thing. Um, it's a, a new thing that I'm going to be doing with someone, uh, that I've, um, uh, someone that I'm very, very excited to work with and on a project that I am very excited to work on. So, um, but you won't, I, I really shouldn't have even, I, CB texted me the next day and he was just like, he was like, you're, you're going to drive people fucking insane with that tweet because he, 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 he was like, because we're not going to be able to announce that thing for a long time. And I was like, I know, I'm just fucking excited. Yeah. Um, so I, I promise when it gets announced uh, way later this year, if even this year, I know I'm being a dick, I will make sure and point at it and go, hey, this is that thing I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You can you can come back on the podcast and announce it, and we'll break the news here. <laughs> as long as you don't mind Mickey Mouse putting a sniper rifle to your head, um, <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, he'll he'll come back here the next time he's going to kill the DC universe. <laughs> true, true. I do have one question circling back to home improvement? Are you a Heidi guy or a Lisa? Now hold on, was because because it was Pamela Anderson first for like the first season, and then it turned to Heidi. What isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Pamela was Lisa. Pa Pamela was Lisa. She was first, and then it was Heidi, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
I think I'm huh? a Heidi guy, man. I think so too. Heidi I think she, pretty well, boy. Yeah, I think I think it's a, I, I think what you're asking is a Ginger and Marianne kind of a question, <laughs> and I I think I'm a I think I'm always gonna be a Marianne kind of a fella. Oh, girl next door, nice. Yeah. Uh, Respect. Well, that's a good way to end it. Highly honed. <laughs> I, I, I think we nailed it. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I I I I think that this is not my show. But if it were my <laughs> show, I would put a new rule in that you must ask every guest that question right at the end, apropos of fucking nothing. <laughs> well, we can actually. We usually do uh, a lightning round at the end where we ask goofy questions, and we have a tradition where the guest leaves a question for the next guest. You live in Austin. I live in Dallas. What's your favorite barbecue place in Austin? Uh, Cooper's. Um, Cooper's. There used to be. Uh, Listen, everyone wants to say Franklin's, but as an as an Austinite, I ain't waiting in line for fucking barbecue in Texas. Hell Sorry. no. I don't give a fuck. Now, Cooper's is uh, phenomenal, and they used to have their only location was out in Llano, but now, mm-hmm. they, just, now they just built one that's on Congress just in, in, in inside of our of our beautiful capital. So go to Cooper's. Um, follow-up question for you. Where in Dallas are you from? Uh, I actually live in North Richland Hills, which is closer to Fort Worth, but I work okay. and I, I'm all over the place. So okay. I'm just... from Garland. Okay. Respect. Yeah. 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 Respect. All right. With that barbecue, what's your favorite side? Do you go for the fried okra, the macaroni and cheese? What, 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 what do you get? I like greens. Um, I like, I like green beans, not a huge coleslaw guy. Um, I do like a good, uh, grilled corn. Um, and yeah, I mean, you got to fuck around with the mac and cheese for sure. Um, I tell you what, depending on the place, I like a good side of beans and Cooper's has their own like complimentary little bean bar and they get some dope beans. Dope. (laughs) (laughs) I do. No, they're good, man. A good ass beans for sure. And, And what's your drink of choice, sir? Well, Boy, um, going to Cooper's, uh, I'm a Dr. Pepper guy, um, most of the time, um, or a nice iced tea, nice iced tea is good. I like a good, if I'm feeling sassy, I'll get an Arnold Palmer, you know? All right, all right, cool. Hey, <laughs> uh, we're coming up on Oscar week. How I many give Os- a fuck. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you... Which do you like better, horror movies or comedies? Oh man, I, I don't know. Man. I, I don't. I, I, I I'm not really. I love movies. I I hate I hate award shows and all that horse shit. Yeah, they're yeah. just like it would be like if 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 Willy Wonka did a fucking award show for best candy and nerds won. It's all just a fucking advertisement for their own little fucking jerk off conic contest. I really don't give a shit. It's like a big um, elephant walk. But and nothing, n- nothing that nothing wins or loses in lessens my enjoyment or heightens my enjoyment of any of these things. I, I really, uh, genuine. Unless God Country gets nominated, then I'll I'll be there with. <laughs> on. And um, uh, and uh, but, vote for Donny Cates uh, for Eisner's yeah, anytime you get a chance. Sure. Yeah, sure. If I ever get nominated for one, sure. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll give a shit about award shows for sure. <laughs> um, I. I, I do enjoy a good horror film, uh, but only because my my spooky wife um, is a is a horror nut. I write a lot of really scary stuff, but I really don't do well with horror. I get very scared. Um, I'm a very big I'm a very big lightweight when it comes to horror. Um, so I, I you know I I haven't seen a lot of like horror stuff. So I just, I get I get and I. I don't know. I have opinions on things, but this is a lightning round. New, New York uh, style pizza or Chicago deep dish pizza? Well, only one is pizza. The, the other mm-hmm. one is pizza casserole. So uh, <laughs> that, that's the usual. It's like saying which ice cream do you like? Do you like better, ice cream or popsicles? It doesn't make uh, any sense. New York pizza is pizza. The other one is fucking l- 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 like lasagna. <laughs> Left Twix or right Twix? Man, fucking. I mean, I mean that's a non. I mean, you just throw all that fucking, shit around. You're 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 trying to fucking like Blade Runner. See if I'm a fucking android because. <laughs> Yeah. If it, you just fucking you just turn it around and one's the other one. Like if it's the left one, you turn around, it's the right one. 
<laughs> okay, okay. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna fucking. You're not gonna narc me out as a Cylon. Next question. Okay. If you could, if you could have dinner with one human being that has lived throughout history, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, Stan Lee. Uh, did Dustin remember to leave a question, or did we end up uh, knuckling no, back to we, it? I think we. Uh, yeah. I think he forgot. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we didn't get one from Dustin Nguyen, but I want to throw out an old favorite from a previous guest. Uh, Joey Lawrence was on a while back, and he left a really deep question. He he asked, if you could live the life of a millionaire, but only live to be 60, or live to be 100, but you live the life of of a pauper, what would you choose? A pill pauper? Yes. Um... If I could live a life of a million... Okay, well, hold on. There's a lot of variables in here. Okay. Um, am I a million... Okay, so I'm 30. I'm 35 right now, right? And so if I'm going to get... If I'm going to get that extra fucking 25 years, but am I... Am I a, if, does my million-dollar status stay no matter how much I spend? Am I a millionaire no matter what? Like if Let, I Let's buy, say yes. Let's say you don't even have to think about it. Like if, I buy a, money. Like, a, like, if I buy a million-dollar yacht, do I check my bank account and I have a million dollars again? Yeah, like, you're you're Oprah rich until you're 60. Or I'm a pauper, but I live forever? Yeah, to a, till 100. So you're asking if I want to be fucking desolate and decrepit or want to have a baller 25 years? What kind of a stupid question is this? <laughs> uh... That's right. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. That's that's that's, that's ridiculous. Yes. Uh, okay. What is the best? One one. What's the best piece of advice you have ever received, and who gave it to you? Best piece of advice, and who gave it to me? Um, God. Fuck, man. That's tough. You know, my dad was always fond of saying it's only a piece of advice. It's a thing that I've always kept with me in my head. Um, that when there's like tough times, you're facing something that's kind of rough or anything, you're facing a mountain of like, um, of, of, of shit in front of you. My dad was always fond of this saying of the only way out is through. And I've always liked that. I've always liked that, that like, there's no amount of sitting around and talking about it or mm. whining about it. The only way, the only way you're going to get through it is not by going around it, by, but by going through it. And I have kind of. I've always kind of kept that in my head. I like that one. It, it kind of reminds me of the saying, uh, if you're going through hell, keep going or something like that. So yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. There, there's also, I've always, I've always, I've always liked this line. Um, forget where it came from, but um, I can't, I, I can't attribute it to anybody. Um, but it was, um, if you find yourself looking for a helping hand, you'll find one at the end of your own goddamn wrist. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's good. And, and on always, that note, always, that's a good one. I've always. All right, now I'm gonna leave you guys with, with a question. Yeah. Now yeah. I'll, and... I'll 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 give you the benefit of knowing who it's for, if this helps. Uh, it will be sure. for Freddie Williams. Okay. All right. All right. Now listen. There's a little bit of a history of this one. Now I have my own podcast. Um, Stegman and his amazing friends is a, is a, even though I'm the fucking co-host of it, it's called Stegman and Amazing (laughs) Friends. I suppose I am that amazing friend. It's Ryan Stegman and I's podcast. You can find it on iTunes. It's it's everywhere. Um, and we have a recurring thing on our, on our show where people write in questions to us through Twitter or our discord. And I'm going to give you guys the greatest the greatest single question that a human being has ever asked and I'm going to give it to your show. Okay? Are you ready? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to and I'm going to read it exactly how it was written word for word. Are you ready? Okay. If there were two people stranded on the moon and one of them killed the other one with a rock, would that be fucked up? <laughs> That's the whole question. No. I, 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 it's, it is, it is, it is, it, it has confounded us for almost a year now. Uh, like, and as in Dwayne is, Johnson, is, kill him with like a Dwayne. No, as just a fucking rock. And listen, I'll let you draw your own. We had a million questions. And the thing is, you'll 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 never get any more information than than that. And it is it is uh, in this man's opinion, 
one of the most powerful pieces of like combination of words that have ever been put together in the human language. If you were, if there were two people on the moon stranded and one killed the other one with a rock, would that be fucked up? That I don't, someone wrote us that question and, and I think it's just the best <laughs> question ever fucking asked of all time. So I will leave that with you guys because it's the gift that, I mean, it's, I, it's better than Hemingway's like baby shoes for sale, never worn. I think that it is it is a profound uh, piece of poetry. I have an answer for that. Well, here's my answer: is that I can't, I can't, I I don't know that there is a proper answer because here's the thing, and here's what makes it so 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 engaging and so powerful. We don't know the variables. Now, the, uh, now, a big question is, and I'm about to blow your fucking minds, did they bring that rock or did they find it on the moon? That changes everything. That's right? true. Meditation. They, like, like, exactly. Like, if they brought it there, that's really fucked up. If they found it there, then something might have happened. One of the guys was maybe had a plot to blow up the moon maybe <laughs> one of the guys now i know your initial reaction is gonna be well yeah dude that's that's pretty categorically fucked up but what if one of them was hitler like <laughs> there's there's variables to it and that's what makes it so poetic is because we'll never know we'll no. never know and, and, the, the well, right answer mike what if you as mr comic writer know that you know one of those variables is also intent and it could right. be, you know, was this one motherfucker just wanting to kill the other person to steal their oxygen tank, or was it actually a mer- was it actually exactly. a mercy killing? Saying, you know what, I will give you my oxygen tank. Just put me right. out of my misery. I don't want to exactly. do this anymore. My, Hit me the with thing. a rock. My thing is, I know, and and, and that's and that's what I'm saying is that it sounds like a silly question, but the more you think about it, it's unanswerable, and it's it's it's. It's unbelievably deep and profound. I just, I just adore it. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing I've ever read in my yeah, life. Yeah, because I think if they kill, if they kill the guy with Dwayne Johnson, it's fucked up. But if they kill him <laughs> with the DVD movie with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, <laughs> then it might not be as fucked up. That's my answer. You know, yeah, and yeah, or more fucked up. You know, yeah. we'll never know. Here's something I actually, I actually was thinking about this today because I was reading. Uh, a Twitter exchange with um, Brian Hill. And, you know, he was saying, you know, I don't like these end of the world stories, you know, these apocalyptic end of the world stories. There's, It's been done before. And I was just like, you know, that's right. But what if an evil bad guy threatened to blow up the moon knowing mm-hmm. the ecological fallout that would happen? That'd be a lot of power if he had a bomb to blow up the moon. Right. Well, and then if you killed that motherfucker with a rock, it's not that fucked up. There you go. Boom. That's what I'm saying. Now I have to I have to cut you off right uh, there because legally I'm not yeah. I'm not allowed to hear to hear stories. <laughs> I'll end up stealing it. But, but 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 that is my gift to you. And here's the thing: you 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 guys are gonna laugh at me and get off of this, but I swear to God, you're gonna be talking about this with guests for the rest of your life. So. Uh, I have I I leave my gypsy curse upon you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a perfect ending. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs. <laughs>